This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb. And now, your hosts, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, Bucky Brooks, and Kyle Yeomans. It's the Tuesday edition of the Draft Show here on DallasCowboys.com, presented by Miller Lite, as we are 58 days away from the NFL Draft. The countdown is under 60, and Brian, I'm sure... Under 60 is is right when it really starts heating up. It's already been heated up, but how about the intensity and the feel right now for all these scouts and these front offices because it's, it's starting to feel real. You're within two months of draft day, and things are really starting to, to kind of pan out. Yeah, it is. And, guys, thanks for having me back. Uh, I never hated <laughs> technology more than I did last week. Yeah, I mean – Technology for an old, crusty guy is not good. I, I don't recommend it for anybody. I do recommend, like, how to get Tide. Use those Tide pens. If you got some of that St. Elmo's cocktail sauce on your shirt, you know, we, we missed that this week, too. But, yeah, we're getting close. I mean, when you said the number, and now you start to think about, okay, setting boards, pro days, all those things are kind of starting to ramp up here. Uh, it's it's a really it's a great time to to be in the scouting world. And Bucky, I mean, like Brian just said, no combine, no saying no yeah. sauce, unfortunately, like we normally like to try and treat ourselves to in Indianapolis. But whenever it gets around this time, it, you usually have the combine in your notes already. But there's still so much more of the information gathering that's still yet to be done. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge that I can't even imagine trying to navigate if you're a scout because you don't have the combine. So what you don't have is a level playing field when it comes to being able to separate all the measurables. Like, yes, we can do the height, weight, hand size, arm length, and those things, but the 40 times are all different because they run on different surfaces at different locations with different timers. Um, you're not able to necessarily look at prospect A and prospect B back to back when they're going through the same positional drills. And so you talk about beauty being in the eye of the beholder this year more than any other year. Like everyone will see these prospects differently and it could make for a very interesting draft. How do you feel like that relates specifically to the front office of the Cowboys, Dave? Because I feel like whenever it comes to the different surfaces and the informational gathering, you don't necessarily have uh, that, like like Bucky said, that even playing surface, but the Cowboys have their own thought processes whenever it comes to the even playing surface of the bigger schools and the smaller schools. Continue on, Dave. Yeah, I think we are having some. I think we are having some technical difficulties. So, Dave, yeah, you're Kyle, take take yeah, a couple I'll seconds. Take, but brought us, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, my experience working with the front office, and I really like what Bucky's talking about. I like what Dave's talking about too, because what happens is, man, these scouts, a lot of them have been at home all year. I mean, they're watching film and all that. We're going to start getting some pro days. We're going to see the scouting community once again get out and be about. And I think this is really – the combine to me was always about the medical stuff and the interview stuff. And so, you know, I was, I was super happy to have all that information. But, man, going out and getting your own hand times, you know, working with somebody from the Carolina Panthers or the Arizona Cardinals and kind of, you know, making sure you had all the information for your team. That, that was really exciting to me. And I can imagine there's a lot of scouts right now that are, that are happy that they got some timing dates. And, and they're happy that they, hey, whether it's Zoom meetings or whatever, you know, they're happy to be able to talk about players and stuff with their colleagues and then put together boards. Yeah, it's a great challenge. But as we've talked about on this show a ton, scouts are very resilient. They figure out ways to operate and make it all work. And, and Bucky's right, the, the beauty in the eye of the beholder, never more so true than what we're about to experience here uh, coming up uh, this spring. 
You know, Brian, I, th I think what, what is important coming off of that is the new craze where you're having these sports facilities have right. their own combine. Last weekend, we had Exos have a bunch of their players and prospects go through their own personal pro day. Um, we're going to have some of these others pop up around the country. And I don't know how that information is going to get into the hands of evaluators, but we can believe that the videos and the times and those things will get there because scouts are already getting these videos from trainers and the like showing the progress of some of these players that we didn't even see in 2020. Yeah, I think what's really important, guys, and Bucky, you brought up the Exos and stuff, facilities in Florida, California, Texas. You know, there's other ones around the country. Michael Johnson has one. There's all these. What you're going to need have to happen is there's going to be some, have to be some guys, whether you trust a guy like me, a Mark Dominic, somebody mm -hmm. out there, other scouts that are no longer, maybe some scouts are in the media world, and or you know a, a Daniel Jeremiah Bucky yourself mm -hmm. maybe you go to a facility and these people hire you on to run drills be a timer you know if, if I'm sitting in a room an NFL draft room and someone says Bucky Brooks got this time for me I'm going to believe Bucky Brooks time I'm going to take that as gospel because I know that Bucky Brooks Mark Dominic Brian Broadus guys like that are going to have attention to detail to make sure it's done the right way because you know how important it is to have the right height, weight, speed going in and putting those up on those tags, up on those boards. Brian, you've been with this Cowboys front office and you've, you've seen kind of the cohesiveness that they have as a scouting department. Do you feel like they're in a good position for a draft like this specifically because I mean, like you said, it, it, you need to have kind of that communication, you need to have that trust, you need to have that network that allows you to be confident, especially whenever you have a crazy year with so many vari uh, variables like we do this year. Yeah, man, Bucky will tell you how important relationships are at schools. You know, I, I, I kind of laugh about, yeah, you don't always want to talk to the football operations guy. You want to talk to the guy who uh, is the trainer. You want to talk to the strength guy. You want to talk to the equipment man. You know, those are the things that we're going to lose here. But hopefully you could, you could go back and call those guys and gals and visit with them and kind of get that background information that you need. Yet the Cowboys have a veteran group of scouts. Some organizations don't have that. Some of these organizations have new general managers, so it's going to take a little bit of a time for them to adjust. I have a feeling you're going to see some of these new general managers take what information they get and then make their own decisions. It might not be a group thing, whereas the Cowboys, it will be a group thing because you have a veteran group that's worked with each other. That makes me feel a little bit better, especially with some of the big-time decisions coming up with the Cowboys this offseason. And, Brian, you've said it previously. Uh, I know Dave has mentioned it before, but that March 9th deadline for Dak Prescott is coming up pretty quickly here over the next eight days. I mean, we are just over a week away from that tag deadline. Is it time for this front office to start looking at a quarterback, Dave? I mean, is this, a, is this where... You start kind of peeking out and seeing what might be available or what you would have to do to find a DAC replacement if that potentially falls through. So just so I have this right, uh, while I have difficulties, technical difficulties, you throw a bunch of softballs <laughs> to these guys, and then when I, I get back just in time for you to have me fire the quarterback, is that <laughs> yeah, that's pretty what much. we're doing? Okay. Yes. Hey, yes. They, did, they did enough filling while you were gone, so now, now it's your well, turn. Kyle, hey Kyle, I owe you, Kyle, I owe you a steak dinner, man. Thanks yeah. for doing that. Uh, it, bro. I'm, I mean, the the easy I'll take it off the Weber grill. The easy answer to that question is like, the, I mean, the Cowboys should be doing that anyway. Like you should, I mean, yeah. no good, no good NFL front office. Even if like, even if all logic says that you don't need it or it's not important. That's just not how this process is supposed to work. Uh, you're supposed to turn over every stone, look at every possible player. So I'm confident the Cowboys are doing their due diligence. If you remember last year, they made a lot of waves this time last year by interviewing Jalen Hurts. And that was, you know, back when it looked even, we were even more sure then that Dak was going to get a long-term deal than we probably are right now, and they were still looking at quarterbacks. So I think they're doing their due diligence. Me personally... If I'm if I'm Jerry and Stephen Jones, I don't feel like I need to seriously have those conversations until it gets a little bit closer. Uh, certainly, 
once the tag deadline passes, once you get into draft month, you know, April, when you're doing these visits with these players. Uh, but yeah, if the tag deadline passes without a deal, I would probably, you know, I, I keep calling them 30 visits. Obviously, they're not going to actually get to have visitors, but these Zoom calls that they do, I'd probably throw a couple quarterbacks on that list if I were them, and Dak doesn't have a deal by the time all that starts. Brian? Yeah, you know what? Uh, every day that, that passes by that, you know, the, we, you, you talked about the deadline. Me personally, I, I believe I've come to the realization now that Dak is going to play on the tag. And I don't think the Cowboys are going to address the quarterback situation uh, until 2022. Uh, so a worst-case really scenario. Ryan. I, I think what's going to happen is that we, we're in an unusual situation in the NFL now where Hall of Fame quarterbacks are being talked about being able to trade for. You know, when Bucky and I first started doing this, you would never give up on your quarterback. You just wouldn't do it. I mean, I remember I'd still have a job if the early 2000 Cowboys didn't have to evaluate baseball players for quarterbacks. I would have called John Snyder and said, hey, listen, John, you don't like uh, Russell Wilson? What do you want for him? Oh, hey, uh, well, you know, Houston, what do you want for your guy? This, this is unprecedented times right now. And I, I do feel like the Cowboys have so many things going on with their roster. Play with Dak on the tag. Figure things out in 2022. You've got to address, you can't let this quarterback position hold you hostage where you're like, I'm having to move up. I'm having to go get this. I'm having to go do that. You need to try and fix your team right now while you're in that 10 hole and take all those picks. And then in 2022, Worry about the situation then. You could tag him again. You could try and compete and sign him with somebody else. But I, I just don't think you let it hold you hostage right now uh, with the situation. I, I've changed my attitude about that. This team needs a lot of repair. And thinking about quarterback at 10, I don't think repairs. How are you going to tag him next year? Here's a yeah, couple things ahead, that we have to – here's a couple things we have to think about. The TV deals are on the horizon. When the TV money comes in, it's going to change the composition of the salary cap, maybe not in 2022, but maybe in 2023. And I think there's a shift in the way that we're viewing the quarterback. I think the way we're viewing the quarterback is more like college teams view their quarterbacks. Like, look, we may have a five-star recruit and we love him and all these things, but they command so much money at the position that if you don't feel like the guy that you have is really a top-five player, I think you're always looking for that because in the mind of evaluators, you're competing against the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is kind of like the image of can my quarterback in a shootout beat Pat Mahomes? And if you don't feel confident that you have a guy that can do that, I think you're always searching for the guy that can give you a chance to win that shootout versus him. Hmm. Uh, so you don't think... I mean, I, I, guys, I flipped on this. I do five hours of radio a day and we talk about it every single day. <laughs> And I flipped on, oh, you got to get it done. Oh, you got to get a quarterback. Oh, you got to. And then I start to think, I've never been in a situation like we are today with these quarterbacks and the way that people talk about it. Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, uh, Jameis mm -hmm. Winston, guys that were taken very high. Look what just happened with the Rams. Look what just happened with Philadelphia. Yeah. People are eating huge amounts of cap just to move on from a quarterback. You know, you, there's yeah. availability. When, 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 when Russell Wilson says, hey, uh, Dallas is a team I'd like to go play for. What? What? Yeah. What? Oh, my quarterback's yeah. not signed? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, th this is a different landscape we play in right now. Let's just, let's be, let's, let, uh, <laughs> yes! let's yes! be, let's yes! be very clear. Let's, let's be real clear. Does he want to sign with you? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Russell too. Wilson and Deshaun Watson getting traded mm -hmm. is a different animal than Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. Carson Wentz sucks. Jared Goff kind of sucks. Like he's You don't know John Snyder. I'm just saying, well, let let's see him do it. Let's see him actually trade one of the three best quarterbacks in the league, because that's a different animal than trading guys that you regret signing. 
Because that ain't the that. Fact, the no. fact that people are even talking about it should tell It you. tells me Russell Wilson yeah, like, wants like, the Seahawks to draft him an offensive line, and he's trying to scare him into doing it. That's what it tells me. Well, that's that's that, yeah, that's a different thing. But there's, there's, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think what's happening is you have two different things at play. You have this quarterback empowerment movement where quarterbacks are trying to flex and have more say. And I think you have a pushback because we have always basically treated the quarterback position by pinning those guys in bubble wrap. We never talked about them. We didn't criticize them. We never brought in players to compete with them because the quarterbacks were too fragile and they would fall apart. And I think now what you're seeing, they're disposable commodities. And people are saying, if if you're going to command all of this money and your performance isn't up to par, we will move on from you. Or we're not going to settle for mediocrity. We'll go looking for the next one. And so it's a changing thing because we've always talked about the quarterback in terms of a 15-year player at the position for your team. And I don't think teams are looking at that. It's a five-year plan to get the quarterback up and running. And if he's not playing at a Super Bowl level, we're looking for All the next I know player. is Jason, Jason, Light, Jason Light in Tampa oh. saved his job by going to get a Hall of Fame quarterback. He, True. Yep. he didn't that. have one, though. Like... He went. He went. But, got one. but he didn't have a good one already in town. He needed a quarterback, and that's he had the first. He had the first overall say, pick. He had on a, his, on his, he had a high roster winner and a first overall pick there, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he didn't he, work out. It's kind of like what Bucky's saying. I think it's exactly what Bucky just talked about. It's that five-year plan, and if your yeah. quarterback doesn't work out, then you move on. But that's what's confusing about the Cowboys' situation is because he was a low. Capital mm-hmm. draft pick in the fourth round, and it's not like he hasn't worked out. It's just yeah. he hasn't been elite, I guess you could say. But he's been borderline I, I, elite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think what happened, the Cowboys misplayed it. I won't say Dak hasn't played at a high enough level to get the money, but when the Cowboys kept refusing to give him Jimmy Garoppolo money and Derek Carr money because it appeared yeah. to be, oh my God, that's too much, or Jerry right. Goff and Carson Wentz money, oh that's too much. Hey, the. Quarterback prices never go down. They only go up. And so what you have to do is you have to bite the bullet and listen to the Twitterverse come at you for paying the guy so much. But in 365 days, that contract that was once number one is now the fourth or fifth contract at the position. And you just have to understand that's what it is. And and I I completely agree with that, Bucky. And that's what I always say. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is nowhere close to the top of the market. And it's only been like two years since he said it. And that's what I've said. But the thing is, I feel like people lose sight of that because we're in this holding pattern because of COVID. But to your point, the cap's going to explode in the next year or two anyway. When these deals, when these deals yes. start coming in, it's going to be back to business as usual. And even at forty million, as ridiculous as that It'd is, that will be a bargain. It's going to be a bargain. I, just, I can't be believe what I'm hearing from Fleece Vest over here. The guy, the guy that, <laughs> the guy that on? taught me that the draft is about four and five years is like, screw it, we'll go year to year. Let's just run this. Let's just run this. Thing. Like, do you think the cowboy? <laughs> do you think the cowboys are realistically? I'm obviously anything can happen. Crazy stuff happens in this league all the time. But like, yes, Dave, I do think that. What, yes. what am I about to say? <laughs> You're about to ask me if they're really willing to walk. No, I'm about to ask you if they are really a legitimate Super Bowl contender in 2020. 2021. I'm sorry, like good that. lord, I already why. lost track of I, the year. I, I, David, the, the, the Tampa Bay was seven and five at one point. They got on a yeah. run. They got on a I, run. They they started playing great on that offense. Was a, Their defense. That was a really good roster that added a whole bunch of talent. Mm-hmm. They were seven and five and got beat by Kansas City. They were kind of in like, well, is this really the path we want to go? Yeah. Is this, you know, come on, man. I'm just telling hey, you, it is a new, it is a new world out there, and that's why Brian's trying to get to the lake to boil crawfish every weekend because it doesn't <laughs> compute to the old yeah. man brain. You know, I, yeah. I, I understand. I don't, I don't like it. But you know what? That's the way the game is so going. You're, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm out you of are the game. Comfortable, you, know? you are comfortable tagging Dak. I'm, cooking, I'm comfortable cooking me, crawfish. You and yes. me both. <laughs> Tag Dak. I'm not really, I'm not really crawfish. Oh, come on, Bucky. I'm, I'm That's depressing. Oh, Bucky. They, they, don't, they don't really, they don't really do anything depressing. depressing. We can talk about that <laughs> off the air. 
But you're so I, I mean yes, Brian. Yes. I know I know the rules say that you can tag Dak next year, but it's ba- it's almost right. impossible from a true financial mm-hmm. standpoint. Like you got to pay him yeah, like a hundred and forty percent of the salary he's already making. Yeah, so so he goes up to it goes up to fifty four million dollars. Oh my and gosh! Over over a three year payout, it would be one hundred and twenty two million. But here here's what the league is going to, Dave. And I think Brian and I it, like it's been tough for us because like it we has. always thought about it in it three has. and five year in- increments, right? You want to build your team up to the point in three to five years we're we're in the mix. We have like a couple year run or whatever. Right. And what what the general managers are doing today, it is about this year and this year only. I'll right. push off the cap and I'll deal with the cap right. next year and I'll rebuild the team. And there's a fantasy football element to building the team. Even when we look at the Kansas City Chiefs and only bring them up is because they signed Patrick Mahomes, they put Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and their main guys on deals that all expire at the same time. And it's like a two or three year window out from now. And I think teams are looking at that like, hey man, I can't worry about what I'm doing in five years, I need to make sure that I have my job. And the only way I can keep my job is to make sure that the product that I put out this year is a winning product and we look like we're close enough to go. And next year, I'll do it next year, next year. That's the only way you can do it. And so it makes it where in the draft, I need right now prospects. I don't need projects. I need guys that I can put in the lineup right away. I don't have time to develop. And the rest of the roster, I need to put it around the quarterback and figure out how we can get it going to win right now. I never thought a guy from North Carolina could be that smart, you know, with the way he just explained that. <laughs> I'm just but he even without he, like he, he, he No, seriously, he captured he captured all the veteran scouts feelings right now. It, it is. It's it's not about it's about really it's about preserving your job because what happens is you're willing to move on. You move on, you move on. Howie Roseman in, in Philadelphia, he saved his job. The guy mm-hmm. saved his job. But what does he have to do now? He has to continue to try and save his job. If he does it and he trades away things again and it's a cap hell situation, it's somebody else's problem. It's not my problem else? anymore. How he will go get an assistant job somewhere or he'll go be something somewhere else, but it'll be somebody else's problems. People don't have time anymore. The, the luxury of waiting on a roster to develop, it, it, it no longer happens. Dave, really Dave Caldwell with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. He... Hey, fix the cap, got all yeah. the picks, all the money. Guess what? Somebody else is going to pick this and build this team with all he, the things that you did. Dave, Thank Dave you for tried, your service. Dave, yeah, Dave tried like hell. Dave knew. He tried like hell to go up in the draft and get that quarterback from Oregon that the Chargers got. He knew that he, his Perfect. only chance, his only chance of keeping his job was going to get that guy and he couldn't get there. What happened? Lost his job. You know that that's that's reality in this this day and age. I can't NFL. stand y'all. I'm 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 what? angry. And, and the other thing, also like the Cowboys. There's a show on Thursday you could do, Dave, the, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys don't even need to build their roster. Like this is a roster that can compete right now. If you have a quarterback, by the way. If you have a well, defense. and that's. Defense and would that's why that you would preferably good. use all those draft picks on fixing that and keeping your very yeah. good quarterback here to keep your team afloat. We're, we're saying Dave, that. Dave, we're saying we that for 2021. We want to keep the quarterback. We want to keep him this year. Yeah. And then we'll figure out next year. That's exactly that's, that's exactly Dave, what it we're, is. We're, we're in the leasing, not buying. We just want to lease the car. We want to buy it. We'll just check it out. And if we like the model again, we'll sign up for it again. If not, we'll move on. This is interesting. This is, we need to sign a leasing company on. I'm sure there's probably sponsorship <laughs> listening to this. If you can figure it out, let's get in contact. Let's figure something out. But, yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of the debate that's been going on, Dave. I mean, you've been a part of these shows. I know, no, I know it's, that's it's, the debate. I just thought my guys were with me, and they're not. You, like, that's. You just saw Buck. I am with you. No. I, love, I, love, did, I love the player, but at some point, we have to. Hey. You got to do business. what's best for the franchise, right? Yeah, it's business. It's business on both sides. And yeah, he's has, he's got to want to sign business. though too. He's got to want to sign. He looks in the distance and he sees free agency. Mm. You got to. He's got to want to sign too. Which just so. just too just for street. the record, like it again. Do I want to sign Dak? Of course, I've made that very clear. Yeah. But we all But do. here's yeah, the thing. Sure. If you're not, if you don't want to, that's great. Move on. Invest in the future of the position is my point. Like, the thought 
the thought of saying we'll just get to next year and figure it out is terrifying. Who not like? Ah, uh, no, no, no. Like, like, like. Come on, man. Like, you just landscape, saw Dave. You in just this landscape. What Aaron yeah. Rodgers? They were talking about Aaron Rodgers being available. Come on, talking yeah. about on, and man. doing it are two different things. A good quarterback, a truly great quarterback, has yet to get traded. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, no, not not, not a very number, disappointing number, number one overall pick. Another very yeah. disappointing number one overall pick, and a number two overall pick mm-hmm. who was the worst starting quarterback in the league last year. Like, that's who's gotten traded so far. When Russ or Rodgers or Deshaun Watson gets traded, come find me. But teams don't let go of those guys. Oh, it's a possibility, though. It's yeah, a possibility. Yeah, of, of, of those, I would keep an eye on number three, Russ. Hey, I think that thing with Russ is real because what I you have I, is a philosophical... I, I, a philosophical difference in how to win games uh, from the coach and the we quarterback. We shall see. The money just doesn't just a, work with that. It's just a quarterback. <laughs> the money doesn't work. Get, get on either side, get Seattle one. would have to eat $40 million worth of cap. I mean, it would just not work out well. Now, I keep thinking back whenever we have these conversations, whenever Dak Prescott's not here in 2022, or like that's mm-hmm. assuming that, I keep thinking of Chad Hutchinson, Quincy Carter, Anthony Wright, Ryan Was that a bad? I just want to say. Was it Quincy Carter, Chad Hutchinson, Drew Henson? Was that a bad? That's what Fleece Boy wants. Drew Bledsoe. That's what Brian wants to do. Brian wants to go back to that. I love that. No, no. Those quarterbacks. Quarterbacks were not available. Sure, we could have taken Tom Brady in the fifth round, and I'd still be in scouting <laughs> probably. You know? I mean, that's, yeah. that's reality. That's reality. They got Dak Prescott in the fourth round. You, it, it can happen. It's a different. It can happen. It's a different. It's a All different. Right. It's a different time now. Like, you get quarterback. I mean, like, let's think about this. You LSU, go Tigers guys. Joe Burrow <laughs> came from the crypt to be the number one overall pick. That's and true. so – Mac Jones is going to ex- experience a similar magic carpet ride. He won't be number one overall, but he's going to be drafted much higher than any of us would have expected prior to this season. And so next year in 2022, there's going to be some other quarterback that shows up and we can be like, hey, this guy's one of the best quarterback prospects that we've seen. That's what we do. So you're worried about what's behind door number two. Dave, there's going to be a quarterback behind door number two. Let's uh, make a deal. And and the Cowboys will be picking somewhere between 15 and 24, and they won't have a shot you at think? it. Well, they won't have a shot at you it. You think? It just they're depends. Gonna be, they're going to be picking 32, guys. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. Yeah, if they're, pick, if they're picking too high, then they'll keep the quarterback. If they're picking, like, down at the bottom, they'll keep the quarterback. If y'all not, have, just completely y'all have ruined start over. my day. It's 10.30 in the morning. Y'all have ruined my entire day. Thank you. Well, let's ruin it a little bit more when we come back here on the Draft Show. Twitter on the 20. If Dak's not signed, which quarterback could fit the Cowboys system the most? We're going to really get on Dave's nerves when we return here on the Draft Show. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. 
Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. On to segment number two here at the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Yes, David Hellman is still sitting in his chair. Thank goodness he did not get up and leave and thought about uh, it. end up pushing his responsibilities to Thursday. And uh, he is still a part of it <coughs> even though he did think about it. But time now to get into one of our favorite segments and some Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20, as always, from Chris Beam in the back. And... The first question comes from Tony Baker. He said, if the draft rolls around and Dak Prescott is not signed, which quarterback would best fit the Cowboys system? Mr. David Hellman, I'll push this toward you. And he said, should Dallas trade up in this scenario? Okay, and I love this question because, again, if you're not going to sign Dak Prescott, I looked this up. The Cowboys have only picked in the top ten nine times in Jerry Jones' tenure. That doesn't happen all that often. Like, obviously, we all know they haven't reached the mountaintop, but they're usually not bad enough to be this high in the draft. That's what makes this a unique opportunity. Trevor Lawrence is out of the question, and honestly, maybe I'm buying too much into the hype, but I tend to think Zach Wilson's probably out of the question at this point as well. And that leaves you with the choice of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And honestly... Again, like, am I confident that either one of them is going to be a star in the NFL? Not necessarily, but I'm I'm happy to take that risk to make sure I have a quarterback because despite what Brian and Bucky think, I just don't think you can find those guys every single offseason in the NFL. I don't think good ones are made available very often. I will readjust my expectations if I'm proven wrong. But if, if you tell me that next year's... You know, if I could package some of my picks this year to get up, like to say seven or eight, that's great. Or even, you know, like if in Atlanta, let's say Justin Fields is sitting there at four, Atlanta decides they don't want to draft a quarterback of the future. They want to give Matt Ryan a few more years. I'd give up next year's one to go up there and get Justin Fields. Hell yeah, I would. Why the hell not? Um, and so yeah, like that's that's the type of stuff that I would consider if Dak Prescott is not under contract for sure. Bucky? Yeah, I think Justin Fields would be the play. Uh, I think he would be the move just because, one, he's talented, and I think there's some similarities in his game and Dak Prescott's game. I think he's a more explosive athlete uh, in college than Dak Prescott was, even though Dak was really, really good in terms of what he did in the SEC. And I just think, depending upon how you want to build this offense, I think he could give you a lot of the new school stuff that you want. And so I would go for him. Trey Lance, to me, is very, very talented, but I think it's a different conversation if he comes to the building just because of his lack of overall experience. When you only have 17 starts, it's really hard to understand what you're going to get. And I think you can say the same thing for Mac Jones because he only has 17 starts as well. Yeah, I think, though, you have to think about the thing that I saw with Trey Lance is he's got some Dak Prescott-like traits, though. Big guy, physical, runs over people. The more you let him play in the game, the better he tends to play. Ball really comes off his hands. You know, probably a kid that practiced, you know, lived in cold weather and stuff. Not that he, you know, has to, but you always want a quarterback that Mm -hmm. has at least that experience because you do play in the the NFC East where you play outdoors at Washington and Philadelphia, New York. You know, those are – you don't want those things to be shocks to your body. I'll throw a name out there, though, and it doesn't have to be a first-round guy. And I studied this kid, and I really like his game. Davis Mills from uh, Stanford is a quarterback that I – there's – there's a lot to like about his game, in my opinion, as far as the ability to touch. He takes shots down the field. He can be accurate. He's got enough escapability. He's a smart kid. He's a good ball handler. Looks like he protects the football. There were a lot of things I really liked about his game. And I think the more you dig in to some of these second, third, fourth round guys, yeah, it's a little bit more of a risk than taking a guy a trade-up situation. But I think we also, we're all focusing on that guy, the Trey Lance, the Fields. I totally agree with you guys about those players. 
But I think you need to also kind of take a look at those other guys down. And, and I, again, Dave, Davis Mills from Stanford was a kid that I, I really took a liking to. He was a bit of a dark horse in this class. Whenever it came to the quarterbacks, it was really those top guys and then the guys who were at the Senior Bowl, and then Davis Mills was kind of out of nowhere. Hey, hello, here he is. And I, I watched all the quarterbacks again this week, and uh, he throws a really nice ball. I love the way he, he connects with his receivers. He gives them an opportunity for yards after the catch, and he's got that flick of the wrist. Uh, and, and some solid arm strength as well. I, and plus, and you guys were talking about Justin Fields. We're going through our draft magazine and our rankings and things. I have Justin Fields as my number two quarterback above Zach Wilson. Call me crazy. I don't. Yes. I, I'm not bought in on the one year wonder just yet of Zach Wilson. I think you're he's going to be a solid quarterback. You're not crazy. But I think Justin you're, Fields is just a better prospect overall. Yeah, you're not you're not crazy. I mean, let's let's be honest about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was a three-star recruit in high school. Zach Wilson did some things in Flash, but he had a so-so year. In fact, he was competing for his job heading into this season. And so, yeah. I don't think he is what he's being made out to be. I think he's a very talented player. But I think whatever holes you want to poke in Justin Fields' game, you can poke similar holes or different holes in Zach Wilson's game. And so I think all these those two guys are in the same cluster. It's just a matter of one is probably a little more conventional in terms of how he plays that Zach Wilson is like a ready-made player. But size-wise, he's only 210, 215 pounds compared to Justin Fields, 225, 230, a thicker, denser athlete I think at some point you have to have those conversations about him and oh by the way he wasn't a captain for his team it may not mean a lot to some people but it still means a lot to me that he wasn't the captain of his team even though he may have served on the leadership I'm a big Wilson fan but people are just hoping and banking that he is another Mahomes because he can do that he can do that freaky stuff he can make the off schedule throws and throw it 60 yards off his back foot all that stuff and that's that's all it is in my opinion you're yeah, it is. The, the only thing, the, yeah, the thing I think you have to caution against when we compare these quarterbacks. Like, I do believe level of competition and who you play matters. Like, the only big game that BYU played was Coastal Carolina, and they lost. And in that game, he had some flashes, but he didn't have it. And it was the first time that he really got touched up, as we like to say. Like, he got hit in the Coastal Carolina game, and he didn't play the same way that he played against all those other teams. I think. It's an apples to orange comparison because we never get to see the guys play against the same slate. But I think he is a little overvalued just in terms of what he's bringing to the table and how he's been pushed up the boards to the number two spot. And it's like without question. He's certainly a walking highlight reel. And he's going to be picked up and somebody's going to take a chance mm-hmm. on him early. But I just have Justin Fields before him because of the experience, because of the traits, because of the consistency that he did it with, maybe uh, a little bit better than what Zach Wilson had. All right, this next question I really like. And this comes from Christian. He says, if we don't go cornerback, talking about the Cowboys in the first, and instead double dip at corner in the next couple of rounds, are there two cornerbacks that you guys would like to see in rounds two, three, and four, kind of like how we did in 2017 with Cheeto Awuzie and Jordan Lewis, and even last year with Trayvon Diggs and Reggie Robinson? Are there guys in that day two, day three mix that intrigue you at corner, Bucky? Uh, I'm really hung up on like these bloodline kids, legacy kids. Elijah Molden, to me, is someone that's really, really interesting, but he's interesting in a role. I think he's the best nickel corner in the draft. I think his experience and the way that he plays fits the way that Dan Quinn wants to play. He's tough. He's athletic. He does a great job of playing in that slot position because I think you have to have a resume of playing in there to know if someone can do it well. He has that. And so his experience and expertise in that role, he is someone that would be very, very intriguing for me because when you think about being in nickel situations about 70% of the time, that nickel corner is a starter. Well, I want to make sure that I draft a starter at that position, provided that you're able to find someone on the other side of Trayvon Diggs or you bring one of the guys back to continue to play. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen <clears throat> Excuse me, with the Clemson kid. You know, now uh, he is... He was supposed to return, and and now he is, uh, you know, been. Oh, he's out. Um, yeah, Kendrick. Uh, you know, yes, Kendrick yes. is, and so I wonder what his situation is going to be because I remember evaluating him. That's a talented guy right there. So there's another guy you add to the mix, but I'm also, and you talk about those kind of those second round guys to me. 
Melifamu from Syracuse. Mm. I mean, 6'3", 215 mm. pounds. I mean, there is a lot to like about his game. Bucky mentioned Molden. I mean, I absolutely love him. I have him in the same range. Greg Newsom from Northwestern. I mean, there these yeah. are some kids that if you get to 44, and, I, you know, I, my hope, if you're going to double on this thing, don't double like – don't make it a thing like, oh, we're going to take yeah. two corners and take one in the first and then take one in the fifth. If you're going to do no it, big. bang it, bang it. You know, do both of them. Go, go, at, go at 10 and go at 44. And, you know, that, yeah. that's the way you fix the position right there. Because when you look at your board, when we get to 44, those quarterbacks are going to be just like blinking lights. Like, mm-hmm. take me, take me, <laughs> take me. You know, that kind of thing. And seriously, that's like we're going to get in the draft and Bucky's going to be doing TV and we're going to be doing this or whatever. And, and Bucky's going to say, Bucky, who's your best player, best available player? He's going to start talking about these quarters. So make sure you kind of grab those guys early. It does stretch, but, man, the quality of them needs to be addressed early. Yeah, that's – I'll just add, I mean, I think you all – covered it beautifully uh I'll th- i mean I, I feel like we haven't mentioned the stanford guy paulson adebo uh that's another name that i would consider like and and then i'm in love with the idea of getting good value at pick 44 i think i've brought this up before but if somebody like tyson campbell were to fall to me in the second round i'm i'm ecstatic about a pick like that but my thing is if you're double dipping on cornerback Man, I uh, I hope you did some work in free agency because uh, even even when right. they double dipped with Cheeto and Jordan, they had veterans here. I'm not saying they were great, but you had Anthony Brown, you had Orlando Skandrick, you had Nolan Carroll. Uh, they even traded for Ben Aben Wickery that year just to cover themselves. Right now, you got Anthony Brown, and I guess you got Reggie Robinson, who they moved to safety. Like that's really it in terms of. Trayvon. Oh, th- Jesus, yeah, Trayvon Diggs, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Point being, you just don't you don't have the same level of bodies. So, like, if you want to bring back Cheeto or Jordan, more power to you. Or if you want to go get somebody else, but double dipping because you need both of those guys to contribute early because yeah. history suggests that they don't. Well, no, I, but but then again, Dave, we're drafting him at ten and. Oh no! If, if you're talking play, first, if you're talking play. first and second round, absolutely. Trayvon was pick fifty-one, yeah. but I'm you know mm-hmm. even Jordan Lewis, it took him a long time to get his feet wet. Again, we were all sky high about Reggie Robinson drafted in the fourth round. The guy played like one defensive snap all season. So, uh, the later you get, and especially what cornerback for my money is the hardest position in football, uh, other than maybe quarterback. So. Yeah. The further you go from the first round, the less good I feel about it. Like, you're, you know, pick 10 and pick 44 are probably the only spots where I would expect that guy to be a regular starter right away. I'd be okay with a corner at 44 because there are guys like that. I, I mean, Brian went through a bunch of names like Newsom and, and uh, even if one of these other guys ends Samuel up falling, is another like one. Like a yeah. Samuel. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. Stokes, Campbell. Lenore is a guy. I don't know if anybody likes Lenore from uh, Oregon. I mean, that's a shorter guy that's a competitive mm-hmm. son of a gun. There's there's pockets of these cornerbacks that, like, it's like pockets of wide receivers. You know, you you feel yep. good. I mean, you do. You feel good like, oh, second round, third round. You look at your board when you put it up and you're going, man, there are a lot of good players there in that third round. You know, and, yep. Yep. you know, guys that might even get picked in the second round, you know, from but, that from those spots. I think the only way I would feel more comfortable about a pick at corner at 44 is if they go offensive tackle at 10. If they wanted to try and sure up the offensive tackle at 10, yeah. I'd be okay there. Because there are starting corners at 44. Are there start, starting caliber offensive tackles at 44 and in the, in the third round? Well, Probably not. Probably what do you think about Eichenberg from – what do you think about the Notre Dame Notre kid? Dame? What do you think about Leatherwood? Mm. I, I mean, those are all guys mm-hmm. I kind of feel like might fall out of that – that first round, early second round type of guy. Uh, maybe I'm too low on Jenkins. I, you know, I kind of see there's a pocket of guys there for that. If if that's the route yeah, you wanted to I go, think, I think I think if you're the Cowboys and you're thinking about offensive tackle, if it's a consideration, which it should be, go and get one of the best ones. Like yeah, don't sure. mess around because because no, you're talking I, about. I, like, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You're talking there's about a lot of projects in that. Offensive yeah, long term a long term investment behind Tyron Smith, or whatever. Like go ahead and get. Go ahead and get one. Get get a dude. 
spend the capital to get one so you can feel good about that offense. Because let's be honest, we can talk about fixing the defense. Fixing the defense is a multi-year project. The best thing that the Cowboys can do to fix their defense is to make sure that their offense can put 30 burgers <laughs> up on everybody and make people chase points and do those things. And so sometimes you build strength on strength. Make sure that the offense is ready to go and they can put up points each and every week. And then it's a lot easier to rush the pass and do those things when they're in obvious passing situations. I love it, Bucky. Bucky's a part of 14 40 burger, Dave. How about that? Doesn't that make you feel I mean, better? It, it, Doesn't that make you feel better from after that first No, segment? no, because Bucky just said oh, why okay. you need a quarterback. Bucky's like, well, yeah, you need a great quarterback, so that's probably what we should do. But let's uh, You got one you got one for uh, one year. We got one for one year. Gonna, then we're really I'm going to lose else. my mind today. That's, oh, this is it's so fine. good. It's Ka- so good. He's Kawhi Leonard. We're the Raptors. He's Kawhi Leonard. We're just trying to win the chip this year. Then oh we can go on. Oh, we can figure I mean, it out afterwards. And look what the, yeah, look what the can't wait to scout right quarterbacks on the draft show next year. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. The nerds can figure uh, out how to do the salary cap. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Got a really fun question, and I know we're cutting into pet cat time. We may only hit a couple pet cats, but we'll do it again next week as well. But uh, this comes from Red, and I like this question a lot. He said, what's your favorite same-school tandem that you would like to see a team take? And he Mm. said, for instance, his vote was Northwestern with Rashawn Slater, Greg Newsom, offensive tackle, cornerback. We just talked about those two guys in their their position groups, but is there a same school tandem that you guys can mm. see the Cowboys potentially looking at throughout the course oh. of the day? Oh, oh, just 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 for us. Oh, okay. All right. I I, I, mean, mean, I tell you what I'd love. I mean, this is this is completely selfish. This is completely okay. selfish. Is it gonna be Very LSU? So. I love I love Coromora from mm. Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame, and I mentioned the tackle, and I, I think the tackle is going to be a really, really good one too. That's a really kind of a cool combination. It's a linebacker that I think is going to play safety, you know. But mm-hmm. if you just talk about football players, I think Notre Dame's done a really good job of putting some guys out. I know everybody right now there's losing their mind about Jalen Smith or whatever, but this team, their offensive linemen that they put out, they've done a great job. Yeah. This linebacker looks like to me linebacker safety is a, you could do a lot with him. I do like the combination of, of, of those two guys uh, right there. I think you can even I think you can even look at the combination. I hope I don't take somebody's here with if you talk about Barmore and Sertan. Yeah. I mean something. Yeah. I mean some Ooh. somehow some way that if you got that back in. I mean there's yeah work. if you got back yeah. in the back end of that draft, but. That's a, that would be a pretty good fixable combination right there for you. I mean, defense. Alabama's going to be the easy answer just because there's like a dozen of them. I mean, you know, if you give me Sertan and Barmore, how about Sertan and Leatherwood? I yeah, Dylan Moses. I don't love Dylan Moses. Moses. Uh, I mean, I I would maybe He's there, as long though. as it's like, geez, as long as I don't know, I don't think I would draft him in the top 100. But yeah, sure, either way. Um, how about okay? How about Washington? If you told me I could get oh, you're if, gonna take. If you my, told me I could get Levi Onzerinke and uh, and Elijah, Elijah Molden on this, yeah, at the same time, absolutely, Dang. I'd be here for that. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Oh man, you took mine. Uh, I'm now scrambling to find another one. I was thinking maybe Richie Grant at UCF, and then maybe taking one of his teammates, Aaron Robinson, sure, draft, Alan, yeah. Aaron Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe those two guys, and that would sure up the backside of your safeties, or excuse me, your secondary. So, I mean, there are plenty of tandems I think throughout the draft. I think that's a fun topic to t- to think about because you don't normally see that, and we saw it last year. I mean, the Cowboys went with. Uh, first round pick CD Lamb and then Neville Gallimore in the third. So we saw a tandem of teammates coming to Dallas. And so it's not necessarily out of the question to see uh, someone take a couple guys from the same school. All right, we're, we're running over time. When we come back, we're going to hit some pet cats of Bucky Brooks and Brian Broaddus and David Hellman. I, I may even give one or two of my own when we return here mm. on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final segment here of the Draft Show on DallasCowboys.com. Glad you're with us. And, of course, over the next couple of weeks, the Dallas Cowboys Star Draft Magazine will be coming out. And there is plenty of profiles, stories, and contributions from everybody on this show. And then, of course, Bucky Brooks has got some pet cats that he's going to talk about at each of the positions. And we're going to start kind of going through, through these. We only have 10 minutes left on this show, but we can hit this from week to week as well. But... Uh, we all have our pet cats. It's gotten to that point where the combine should be in the rearview mirror if there would have been a combine. And we are starting to put these boards together. So the pet cats are starting to kind of come to fruition. And, Bucky, are there any specific guys that kind of stick out even out of your pet cats, the pet cats of the pet cats? Uh, of, of the pet cats, I think it's funny because I am now becoming a strong proponent of let's not draft any wide receivers in the first round because it's been proven that we can find so many other guys outside of the first round that can play. Jaylen. Rashad Bateman is a guy that I think can be big time at the next level. When I look at him, just his hands, his ability to do the birdie, dirty work outside the numbers between the hashes, he catches all the 50-50 balls that you want to see, and then he has some run after catchability. When I look at the success that Michael Thomas and A.J. Brown have had in the league, I just think there's always a place on your team for a guy who has that kind of ability as a number one receiver. I'll tell you what, Bucky, man, it's the Packer way, right? They're not going to take no receiver in the first round, right? What do you mean it's like I've come around to that realization? Man, this is something that was ingrained in you when you started scouting. Don't I mean, let him get, get away him. with that. No, so Bateman, you, don't, saying, you don't think Bateman's he, he, a first-round receiver? Oh, no. He, uh, no, he, no I, I'm just busting on Bucky because he – Oh, okay. He I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, when you, when you list those guys, like, when you see the top fives, like – He's not always included in that list, you but know. Like he's, you have he's Terrence right Marshall there, and those other I think, guys. Yeah, I, I, I think Bucky's got him right. I think Bucky's yeah. got him right. I really do. I think he. You watch him play. There's some nastiness to his game, you know. And I, I, mm-hmm. I give me those. It's always funny because maybe this is something we learned in Green Bay. Give me the cold weather, no sleeves, tough, snow flying, that guy making plays when conditions are bad. This kid is that way. He plays in nasty days and is super, super productive. I think Bucky's got him right. I really do. I, I love the kid, me personally. It's ironic that uh, you know people say stuff like that, and the guy that put Green Bay on his back for the entire '90s is from Southern Mississippi. But you know, yeah, he hated cold weather. <laughs> he played. He played great in it. it. He played great in it. Actually, yeah. he, t- he told you what, yeah, he said one time he used to put Vaseline on her face and stuff. Yes. After yes. a game, he said he put Vaseline in places he never thought yeah. he would. <laughs> Talking about Brett Favre for anybody that's lost. But it, anyway, I'm actually surprised. I thought I, thought I was going to be rocking the boat by bringing up wide receiver because obviously it's not a huge need for this team. 
But you're sitting here thinking, you know, we're talking about what what to do about Michael Gallup. You know, maybe you trade him, maybe you you let him walk. So if you're Mm -hmm. a good drafting team, you solve your issues a year ahead of time, guys, by the way, just like I said about quarterback. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a guy that I would love, and I know he's not going to be a first-round pick, but a guy that I would love to see them draft in the interest of protecting themselves if Michael Gallup leaves, what do you all think about Tylen Wallace? Oh, oh nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you t- if you yeah. told me I could get that guy with a third round pick, I would be ecstatic. Uh I, I think yeah. you get him. I think third. he is an excellent jump ball guy. That's what Gallup is good at. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to go up and get those 50-50 balls. He plays bigger than his size in my opinion. He's awesome after the catch. Like he breaks tackles all the time. Oklahoma State, of yeah. course, they're, you know, Big 12 offense. They love to run those bubble screens to their receivers. I would, and, and and he doesn't have to do anything as a rookie. I mean, if, if you get something from him, great, but he can just be on the team and develop and, you know, you plug him right in as a starter next year and let Gallup go for a comp pick. That's that's good team building right there. That That's something that would excite the hell out of me. Does it bother you? Does it bother you really quickly here with Wallace, the fact that he is a, a receiver that relies on the contact, that relies on pinpointing the football, but he's also under six foot, Dave? That's, I mean, that's why I said he he plays bigger than his size. Like, yeah, he's he's okay. not this big bodied dude. But I mean, you know, Michael Gallup. He did so in the Big Twelve, though, not in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's Michael Gallup is is kind of similar. Like, I don't, I think Gallup is bigger than Wallace, but Gallup isn't this big boxy yeah. wide receiver. So, a lot of that, a lot of that's mm. about mindset, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I guess I I, I, I wish he was I, bigger, but it doesn't concern me. I think when you dig in his background, the fact that he was a state champion or a state runner-up in the triple jump, yeah, almost a 50-foot jump, he can go take those things. So that speaks to his right. explosiveness and some yeah. of that other stuff. And so when guys are sub-six-foot, you try and look and see what other things that I have. That, me- that enables him to play above the rim. He can play bigger than his size. I think he's a good player. And I think coming off of the ACL, I think two years ago, next year his rookie season, he will return to the form that really made us kind of fall in love with his talent when he was at Oklahoma State. Kyle, if I could get a real quick guy, uh, Alum, I think I pronounced this right, Alum McNeil from North Carolina yeah, State. Nice. The, defensive, the defensive tackle. I mean, this is a guy that plays a true nose position. He's mm-hmm. literally breathing the same air as the center. He's that oh, close yeah. to this guy's face. And so I think he looks bigger than 318 pounds, what I've got listed at. The mm-hmm. first step quickness, the I mean, he's nifty for his size. He's not going to let the grass die under his feet. He's always playing on the move. He's good with his hands. He's a powerful guy. He can push. He can rush. His sack numbers are not going to be huge. But, man, I mean, you talk about the push, not let you run the ball on him, get to the outside, make those edge plays, take up blocks, help your linebacker. Alan McNeil from North Carolina State wears number 29. It's so funny to see a guy that big wearing that number, but he's a really good football player, my pet cat. All the the single digits were out. That's why he couldn't get it. Like a big (laughs) guy like that, he needs like a number eight. Needs an eight. Like just stretch it it all the way out so you can see it. Right. He's the only, uh, or him and Marvin Wilson are the only two players in the entire interior defensive line class that wear a number in the 20s. So that's kind of interesting. But I love McNeil as well. And I just imagine him playing alongside Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill as the three techniques and having him as like a true nose tackle one technique. Oh, my gosh. I would love that. Uh, And I think that, that would even have a chance to solve your run defense if you're the Cowboys. Now, where are you going to get them? 44 might be a little too high. I don't know. It may be a little too low. It just kind of depends on it overall. But I like him. He's my number two defensive tackle behind Barmore. That was gonna be that was gonna be my question, Brian. You know I love to ask you where can I get him? And I have a hard time believing the Cowboys are gonna draft a nose tackle in the top fifty. Maybe in the third round, though. No. If you tell me third round. Oh no, I think I think I think things have switched over there. A new regime. I, I do believe. This is where coaches are going to be really important. God, I hope you're right. Because we saw, we saw what happened with Rod Marinelli and that crew. It'll be interesting what happens. And I'm not saying McNeil day three or anything like that. I think he's a day two guy, clearly. 
Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen is what kind of influence do coaches have in rounds three, four, and five? That's where the that's where coaches get brought in. Hopefully, the new regime has a better understanding of what they want in a player at that time. I think the scouts are going to say, "Give us names, give us guys, give us who you like," and you're going to have those discussions. I think the regime in the past would prohibit them from getting really good players because they just didn't see them as scheme fits. I think this group is totally different in that way. Which position would you rather have that is that would be out of the ordinary for a top 50 pick at 44? Would you rather have an interior defensive lineman or a safety? I mean, out of this class. Uh, I will, you know, like we play Brian freaking out about Lamb on uh, at the top of the show every week. Yeah. If Richie grants the pick at 44, I will do that. I will freak the hell out. Oh, they took yeah, him. So that's my that's my answer. I've been waiting for this team to invest in a safety since I started working here. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand the lack of love for safeties. I think it's one of the more important positions on defense. So I don't understand why it's not prioritized. Yeah, going it's all the way back, Brian yeah, brought us. You guys put that stuff in our head that you can't take a safety high and all this other stuff. Oh man, I tell you what, that was Wolf. That wasn't me, man. I, I, I saw. <laughs> hey man, 1992. I was in Tempe, Arizona. Darren Woodson. He was a linebacker running like four two something on that grass. Beautiful grass, by the way, at that stadium in Arizona. You could get those guys flying on that stuff. But yeah, safety's important. Bucky, you're blaming me for something that Ron Wolf did, not me. I love I love safety play. <laughs> Throwing shots at Ron Wolf to conclude. Hall of Fame, Ron Wolf. Taking shots at a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, gotta love it. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't want it any other way here on the draft show. Special thanks to everybody who tuned in. We will be back, of course, with this group next Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time. And uh, by the way, guys, next Tuesday is March 9th. That sounds like a pretty fun day uh, for a lot of people. So uh, that's right. We'll we'll be on Tuesday. Slap the tag on my guy. Tag deadline, and so we can talk about it some more and annoy David Hellman a little bit more. But for Dave, for Bucky Brooks, for Brian Broaddus, for Chris Beam, back in the studio, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!